Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. So happy to be here with you today. Hey, the music in the background continues from our Ennea Summer 2019 from our good friend, Mr. Ryan O'Neill, also known as Sleeping at Last. This is the Enneagram 7 instrumental because I am a 7 and it's my birthday month and it's the seventh month of the year, all the reasons. Uh, but if you have not listened to his all of his songs for the Enneagram types, I would highly suggest it. And he just has a ton of great music. Make sure you check him out and get some of that for yourself. Sometimes on the show, I get to have people who have influenced my life for years and years and years. And sometimes it's pastors and sometimes it's musicians. And today it is an author. Robin Jones Gunn has written almost 100 books, almost all novels, and her main character, Christy Miller from the Christy Miller series that has been in over 50 of her books, um, was one of my dearest friends in middle school and high school. I read every one of them. And today, Robin is on the show with us, and I am just thrilled about it. I think you're going to love this conversation. I know how much you guys loved hearing Charles Martin a few months ago, so we're going to continue to have fiction writers on as often as we can. And so today is our friend Robin Jones Gunn. Can't wait for y'all to hear this conversation with a little surprise visit from someone y'all already know and love. So here is my conversation with our friend, one of my favorite authors, Robin Jones Gunn. Hi, Robin. Hello. How are you? <laughs> Good. We Good. could have had Aslan in here and Cannon. We, I mean, it was a party. 10 I know that ago. was real. <laughs> Thank you for making time to do this today. You're so kind. It's my honor. Really, really. Are you getting to do a lot of podcasts these days? More and more. And it's so fun to be able to see how the, the liveliness of it is so much, so different from radio, all yeah. those years of radio. And there's just such a different... Okay, yeah, I want to ask you about that because you've been publishing. Do you remember what year your first book came out? Yes, in 1985. 1985. Okay, <laughs> that is awesome. Uh, so when when in 1985 when a book comes out, you're obviously not doing podcasts. What's the difference between 1985 and 2019 of the responsibility of the author to help make sure people know about the book. 100% more pressure on the author. Really? Responsibility, may, maybe 90% more. Yeah. So the publisher picks up that 10%. But back in the day, there was no way for us to connect with readers except putting a stamp on an envelope for a newsletter or, you know, sending a postcard, going right. to a bookstore for a signing. What are those? Right, you know? right. <laughs> Do you miss doing that? A little bit because those face-to-face -face encounters have such a depth to them that you, you don't get the same just through an email or, you know, comment on social media. I feel like I part of my generation of authors, we missed out on this, like, there's a signing at 5 p.m., and you'd get to do 15 of them the month the book comes out or something. Yeah. And you drive up and there's a line of people and you just feel really, what What, what are they here for? Right. For you. <laughs> Why? Like me? And I think because there was so much mystique. We Our faces weren't plastered all over the place, maybe on the back of a book, but people right. didn't know about us. They didn't know what we had for lunch the day before Sure, like on social media. There's no mystique. So now people are like, oh yeah, I follow her. I don't need to go to her signing. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Cause they feel like they haven't not seen you. Yeah. And there's no question I could ask that I couldn't just 
messenger. So yeah, why would I take the time out of my day, have to stand in line or talk to other people? Come on. So tell me what you (laughs) love about the connection that social media has given you to the readers too. Well, there's such a uh, way to connect through those threads if someone responds to a particular post and you feel like it's really condensed, but it's ministry on the spot. Like, okay, let's talk about that. And this person brings this and that person brings another concept. And you go, that was rich and deep and quick and now it's over. But you, you can't get that any other way than just that immediacy of people all over the world on that social media making a comment right at the same time. Right. When the Lord and I talk about what this job looks like, it feels like full-time ministry and I have to decide when I turn my phone off and that's when I'm off the clock. Yes. Because otherwise I can accidentally be on Instagram answering comments first thing when I wake up and last thing when I go to bed. Yeah, and then people really feel like they have access to you mm-hmm. and it could be crazy making. I've had I've had teenage girls show up my, at my front door because it was easy to find my address and they wanted me to sign their book. I'm like, what has right. our world come to? Right. Where's, <laughs> where's there any sense of, I just am off the clock for a bit here. Right, right. How, so how have you found that balance? I feel like you're one of the authors that that can teach the rest of us how to find balance. And anybody, I mean, everybody listening uses social media in one way or another. How have you found the balance of getting your books written that you have to write and interacting with people on social media like you do? I need help. I need to have someone who's just that social media queen and I have a good one and she pulls up all the images and gets them posted and Mm gets, you know, me aware of what, when I should go on. Okay. There's a bunch of comments you should go on. And so that all I have to do is show up and be personal when it really counts instead of creating all the content and getting it to be so that I'm checking it all the time and making sure everything came through. Okay. So that frees me up a lot to just be able to do that ministry part. I also have to say what I can do, what I can't do. Most valuable line I ever started using was, thank you, but that's not something I'm able to do. Mm. And I didn't have to explain why. I just was on many different uh, requests, just able to be polite, but say that's not something I'm able to do and not feel guilty and walk away from it knowing that I was able to be free to go on and do only do what you, only you can do. Yeah. You know, so that right. you've really got the the strength to get to the finish line on those book deadlines. That's the hardest thing, Annie. Don't you feel it? Like oh, every distraction yes. comes against you. There's no way you can get to finish that book. And that's right. the core. All the little comments on social media, it's like, great. That's a good point. That's it's in my book. Go read my book. Yeah. But wait, I have, I have to finish it first. I have to write it. That's right. That's right. (laughs) To stop talking to you so I can go write the book about all the questions you're asking me. Yeah, that's exactly right. (laughs) And I would, I think people would assume, and I think I used to assume that nonfiction writers had far more responsibility on social media than fiction writers, but you, and you're, you're the second novelist we've had recently, Charles Martin was on as well. And he feels the same of like, no, like now we do ministry all the time, just like a nonfiction writer does. Absolutely. After I had the Hallmark movies, it was this wider audience that were more curious. Well, what are Christian fiction 
you know, novels. I haven't, I haven't even heard of them, but I watch Hallmark and I've heard of you. So it expanded that opportunity to connect. We've got to talk about those now. Okay. Listen, you know how much I love Hallmark. I mean, I love the Father Christmas movies so much. And you got to go on set when they were filming them, right? I did. I did. I did. And I got to be an extra. So I just sat in the oh, theater. Oh, I didn't realize that. <laughs> oh, oh, yes, I do. Because your agent, Janet, was also an extra, wasn't she? Yes. Yes. Oh, so I love So the first it. two, we were sitting in the back row of the theater. And then the third one, the director said, OK, I'm going to give you a walk on part. And we were so excited. So we got a cup of cider and we got to walk across the living room and stand by the piano. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> we had a walk on. That is okay. So where do they film them? Where did you go for these three? Everything's in Vancouver, BC. Okay. So we were in Langley and Abbotsford. Oh, it was great. That is such a long track too, because you live in Maui. Yes. And so it was a real challenge to get everything organized because we could only be there three days. Oh, wow. And we had to get a rental car and find our way out to set. And then you're on set for 12 hours. And to have that chance was worth it all because the interaction with the actors, we got to go to dinner afterwards with some of them. And just that sense of being in a whole different community, the, the, the biz, right? The right. film industry, completely right. different. And wow, what a... What an open opportunity for more stories to go out there and for there to be more content that the people that are responding to all of these wholesome movies right. keep asking for more. Yeah. So when, yeah, I show up on set and they go, what else you got? What else can we do? People seem to like this stuff. Yes. <laughs> Robin, tell me about the day that you got the phone call. I guess it would maybe be from Janet. I don't know who, that you got the call that Hallmark wanted to turn your father Christmas books into movies was that just a crazy day well it was so exciting to get that call because Janet was really downplaying it and I was really saying no this is going to happen I believe it it's it's going to happen and she's saying these things can go one way or, or another and yeah, it took I guess y'all submitted them to Hallmark somehow yeah she did someone came yeah. to her and said do you have any Christmas books. Yes, here you go. She sent yeah. a bunch of them from her authors and they selected mine. And then it took five years, Annie, because Hallmark said <gasps> after the first one, uh, they said, there's just not enough of a love story. We're not going to do it. And Janet said, oh, but wait, the second book is a love story. And when she sent them the second book, they said, oh, good, we can combine them. And from <gasps> that point on, it was five years before it all happened. Man, people need to hear that, don't they? Five yeah. years yes. between when you think something's going to happen and when it actually pans out. But when I was writing that second book, I had turned it in and thought, there you go, Christmas novella. The first one came easily, sold pretty well. Here's the second one. I'm on to my next project. And the publisher came back and rejected my second book and told me to rewrite it. No. And so I rewrote it. <laughs> they wanted more of a love story in the second book. And so I rewrote it, turned it in, and it was rejected again. Oh so it was determined I rewrote it a third time turned it in there that's exactly what you want it's a love story there you go it was rejected a third time and at that point I felt like I can't do this I want to walk away there's it, it was really like that 
just someone discovered that I have no idea what I'm doing. It's all uh-huh. over. <laughs> the, uh-huh. They've the the Wizard of Oz. They pulled the curtain. Pay no attention to which the woman is just behind the no screen. one would ever believe you would feel that when you've written almost a hundred books. So yeah. this is so encouraging. <laughs> <laughs> well, Janet was so great about saying you have a choice. You can either go after it a fourth time or you can walk away. Mm. And it was Gosh. just that fire in the belly kind of thing of I know that I need to see this through, but I don't know why. I was so humiliated. I was just mm. so over it. I did it. It was to their specifications. I turned it in. I thought, I don't want to hear or see anything Father Christmas ever again. And then she calls, oh, they want to make a movie. <laughs> but it was, there's the sweetness. It was because the second book was rejected re- and, until it got to be just the right kind of story, which was a love story. Yeah. And that's why Hallmark took it. And that full circle was just humble out and do the hard work. And you don't know what God's trying to do down the end. And if I had just said, don't you people know, I, I could, you know, get a contract with another publisher and step away from yeah. you at any moment. I yeah. mean, what would have been lost? I mean, you had to rewrite that book three times. Yes. Oh, that just makes my stomach hurt. <laughs> that is unbelievable. That is unbelievable. I mean, it, what a gift of a story for you to share, but also probably to live just of of that you just never know what God's doing. And so you just have to keep following whatever obedience looks like, even when it feels, like you said, even when it was embarrassing and felt foolish. That's exactly it. I've had this little saying that I tell myself that the blessing happens inside the obedience. I have to step Ah. inside the obedience and it's in that circle that God blesses. When I'm outside looking in, trying to decide, trying to I'm not experiencing what it is that God's trying to do because I'm I'm not all in. Yeah, and it, it, that concept comes from in Exodus where Moses is there at the mountain, and it's thunder and it's lightning, and all the people stood back. But it says that Moses stepped into the deep darkness because God was there. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, okay, we got to do that. We got to yeah. just instead of standing back, we got to step into that deep darkness, whatever it is, because God's already there. Yeah. And that's just what obedience looks like. So true. Oh, that's, I hear, I hear the Beth Keys kids in the background. Oh yeah. (laughs) That's so fun. We haven't even told people you're over at uh, Jeff and Alyssa Beth Keys house. I remember when we first met probably 10 years ago, 10 or 11 years ago now at Mount Hermon, you were teaching a class. Oh, I mean, first of all, I fangirled like crazy because Christy Miller books, I've told you this, that Christy Miller was one of my best friends in high school and middle school. I mean, I just love I just her. love that. <laughs> oh, know. my gosh. Just my favorite books of my whole life, really. My favorite series of my whole life. But you said, so, and I, we'll talk about her in a second, but you said something when you were teaching a class that has stuck with me, and I repeat it all the time. Um, and I'd love for you to talk about it for people who are writing or people who are kind of doing any kind of art, because someone asked you about getting inspired to write, and you quoted someone saying... I only write when I'm inspired, but I got I get inspired every morning at 9 a.m. <laughs> yeah, I don't even remember who said that, but that's that's a good one. Is that how your writing goes as well? You just have to keep writing every day. Yeah, you have to be disciplined because it's a job. I have to see myself as a professional. I can't stop and say, well, I was going to start today at 
nine o'clock, but you know, there's dishes in the sink. If, mm-hmm. if I worked at the bank, I wouldn't stop and go do the dishes. I, ha- mm-hmm. I have to, no one else is going to tell me you're a professional. You should get to work. I have right. to tell myself that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the funny part about our job. Yeah. I don't have a boss who tells me I have to get up and go to work. I just have to get up and go to work. That's it. And there's so many more people that are self-employed or doing their work at home. And that has to become the work ethic that works so that you know when you're on, but then also when you're off, when you turn off the phone and walk away. Yes. Because over your 35 years of being a professional author, you've written a hundred books so that's like three a year if I'm doing my math real quick, Robin. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's a woman who gets up and goes to work every day that she's supposed to go to work. Well, you know, uh, when I was doing Christy Miller, our kids were little. My husband was a youth pastor. They wanted the books pretty quickly because those teens read quickly. How yes, I, I did. I was the one. Right I was like, I, I need her. I need another book. Bring me more Christy. I read this quote of uh, C.S. Lewis in Letters to an American Lady, and she asked in a letter to him, how do you get so much correspondence taken care of all by hand, you know? Mm -hmm. And he said something like, I love the still dewy cobwebbed hours of the morning. I rise before dawn, make a proper pot of tea, and answer all my correspondence before breakfast. Mm. And it was so romantic to me. I went out and bought a teapot that very day and I started setting the alarm and I got up at three o'clock in the morning, three days a week for two decades. And that's oh where I got the work gosh. done from three in the morning <gasps> until seven. Robin, you wrote Christy Miller from 3 a.m. to 7 a.m. For years. Yes. Oh, I still do. I get up at <gasps> now I get up at five. I get up at five and I write until about eight. I get so much done, Annie. When's your best time? When do you get all the core work done? It is the first two to three hours of the workday. All right. Before I really check in with the internet, before I really get going on anything else, that's, I have to write first thing. Yep. Yep. I wonder, I'm a four with a two wing on that Enneagram. Oh, sure. A four. Yeah. And (laughs) so there you go. Yep. It's like this can't be distracted. You have to just be on task. That is unbelievable. Okay. Can we talk about my friend Christy Miller for a minute? Sure. Can you tell me, this is me getting to like, uh, this is a little unfair of me because I host the show. I get to ask you questions that like 15 year old Annie would have been dying to ask you. (laughs) Where did she come from? How did you meet her in your head? How did you even start writing Christy Miller? Since Ross was a youth pastor and we were doing youth ministry for so many years, I kept seeing these girls that were sort of the every girl. They were Christy. They were a little shy. They really wanted to make friends, a little awkward, but so cute and really wanted to know God. Just just that whole combination of that, that personality. So we were on a camping trip with all these teenagers from the church youth group, and a bunch of 13-year-old girls were there in their tent. We're at the beach in Southern California. Yeah. And instead of being out on the beach, they're in their tent, and they had brought with them library books, a whole stack. Oh, so I wow. crawled in the tent. What are you reading? Oh, they were very evocative romance novels. And I started taking books away one by one as I was reading it with them. Yeah. And they said, well, if you don't want us to read these books, then give us something else. So I went hunting when we got back from the camping trip and found a few novels at the Christian bookstore, but nothing that was for teenagers, nothing yeah. they really were interested in. 
So those girls, like, the next week in Sunday school class, they said, well, how about if we tell you what to write and you write a book for us? And I was, I'd written about 14 children's books by then, articles, some interviews, but I mean, a whole novel, all those words. I was terrified. Yeah. So for two years, I went to my Sunday school class with those girls. And after I taught the lesson, I stood in front of them, reading to them what I had written at three o'clock in the morning. <gasps> and I have they never heard this. Really? Oh, they just shredded it. They said everything they didn't like. Oh, we'd never wear that. Have Christy wear this. Oh, we think his name should be Todd. I was going to name him Ron. Ron? Ron. Oh, oh no. no. <laughs> he was such a Todd. You can't name him Ron? <gasps> it was going to be Aunt Bonnie instead of Aunt Marty. No, no, not Aunt Bonnie. We want Aunt Marty. So, I mean, those girls made that first book what they wanted. And during that time, I kept sending the first couple chapters out, and it was rejected 10 times. And then at just the right time, Focus on the Family had started publishing. I sent it in. It was in the slush pile. The editor found it and said, this is what we need, and published the first book. And the response was so strong, I have not stopped writing about Christy Miller ever since. The book that came out last month, Becoming Us, Yes. Christy is in her 30s, and here's Christy making friends in her 30s. So this character that's gone on for decades is just kind of... I can't explain why the books keep selling. I get mail from 12-year-old girls every week. Oh, I just discovered Christy Miller. She's just like me. Yeah. And I ask them, do you realize she does not have a cell phone? And they said, oh, are you kidding? Have you met her dad? Like, he never... <laughs> So there's just something timeless. It's, it's amazing. And millions of copies have sold. Becoming Us, your new novel about Christy, is I have been saving it for my vacation next week. Ooh, it is like the one I've been like, I can't, I think I'm going to cry when I just start reading her because she was, I mean, I may cry talking to you. She was so consistent in my youth that I can't believe I get to be with her again. And we're this, and we're still the same age. Yes, that's so fun. But also <laughs> on the cover, I'm gonna. This is a little bit of something to me. It says Haven Makers Series Book One. Are you just getting started on a new series, Robin Jones Gun? Yes, yes, yes. <gasps> and last night, last night I finished Book Two. I'm kind of euphoric. Oh <laughs> yes, good. Okay, so for you at this point, which for anybody who's dreaming of writing a novel. This will be unfair because you're 100 books in. How long does it take you from start to finish to write a novel at this point? It's a process that starts and has these uh, really these parts when I'm on task, but then there's a lot of thinking and collecting data. One time, Jerry Jenkins called me a bulimic writer. He said, you binge on all these ideas and then you just purge it, don't you? <laughs> like, yeah, it's kind of what I do. So that's not, too, not a really good example, but that's... No, I love so it. the time frame for it is usually a year or so, but when I'm actually on task and I'm in that other world can be six, eight weeks, just like wow. that's all I'm doing and I'm just... I'm just so focused on. And that's how I could write three books a year. Yeah. But the, I, I collect binders and there's binders that are lined up that have all these titles of potential books I want to write someday. And I'll collect things and put them in the binder. And 
get a little ideas so that it's all ready when I'm when I'm ready to sit down and work. I've, I've got everything I need. You'll just see ideas or see things in magazines and you'll just kind of pull them out and go, oh, I'll stick it in there. And at some point when I'm working on that book or that particular story, I will grab that notebook and I've already got a head start. Yeah, that's exactly what happened with the Haven Maker series because in Simple Magazine, I was looking at an article in 2015 that was talking about how women don't connect face-to-face like they used to. We don't need to. You can have groceries delivered to your front door. Right, right. And and I pulled from that article this survey that really was sobering because it said in a Duke University study over 20 years, they had discovered that 40% fewer women now connect with other women for a book club or a home Bible study or 40% less than even just 20 years ago. And then it said that the rate of how many women move now is up 60%. That was in 2015, up 60% so that they have to move, start over, make friends. And usually it's in the child rearing years. So the concern is, well, let's get the kids in school. Let's help them make friends. Let's make sure they're inside. So that the woman, the mom, the or if it's a single woman who's really developing her career and she mm-hmm. moves because she got a great job opportunity, she, how do you start over and make friends? So then the last statistic just made me sit and think, I want to write a series about this. And that statistic was that 52% of the women surveyed said that they were one friend away from social isolation. Like you take away my one friend or she can't go to coffee that day, I, I'm at zero. Oh, wow. It's like, what have we done? We've got all the likes and we've got all the boards and the, you know, we know how to do it on social media. But, Mm -hmm. and then this whole article was about the value of like reading body language and being there in the moment when someone just like spills their guts, which they aren't going to do when they're just posting a picture of something really pretty that they just created in their, you know, flower arrangement or something. So like that communion, that interaction that to be a haven for someone else to feel free to come to you and say, this is what's going on in my life. You're my safe place to go to. We're losing the ability to do that. And that's why I wanted to write novels that showed women being intentional about we have to connect. We have to be face to face. We need, we need each other. Yeah. And so when you have those moments, because I'm thinking there are so many of my friends who reach out that are listening and say they've thought about writing a novel or someday they want to write a novel. And and so you really look at what is going on in our world and then go, how do I tell a story? I mean, it's a parable. You're you're writing parables for people of what's happening in our culture and and connecting it in a story way so that we can heal in our regular lives. Because isn't it true? We'll read the novel faster than we'll read something that's like how to, because sometimes we don't want to face those issues. When we get to a real yeah. crisis point, we'll go to the how to books, yes. but it's like, I'm hurting. I need soothing. Where's my novels? Ah. And if I can smuggle that truth into the story that the reader says, that's me. I needed. And that's what you said when you read Christy Miller. Yes. I feel that. I think that I need that. Yes. That's why when I I didn't ask you about creating her, I asked you about meeting her because I'm like, (laughs) I just don't, I don't imagine when I think about writing a novel or think about writing, reading novels, I think, man, that, that story existed somewhere in a spiritual level and you just 
you met her first. You found her for us. And, and now she weaves into so many of our lives. That's so amazing. <laughs> love well, it. I love so her. Amazing. I'm telling her and Todd. I just always wanted a Todd. I was just always like, every girl deserves a boyfriend like Todd. <laughs> <laughs> but really, when you think about it, he was noncommittal. He, right. was, he had a messed up family. Yep. It was just that teenage. But I've seen from all the mail over the years that what that like possibility of a Todd allowed so many young girls to set their sights a little higher or to think more clearly about the value that they had in and of themselves and to not give that away freely, but to guard their hearts a little more. So that was the good work that came out of it, where there was such a sense of, I'm just not going to be giving myself away. I'm spoken for by the Lord. You know, I mean, he, he wants me to be his first. Yeah. That's the power of the storytelling, obviously parables. Yes, I know. (laughs) And that's what I would say to any of our friends that are listening that have preteen daughters or teenage daughters. If she, if your daughter is looking for a friend, introduce her to Christy Miller. And you can say, this was one of Annie's best friends in middle school and high school. <laughs> That's right. And the fun thing is the audiobooks just came out. So <gasps> we have all 12 in audio, oh, which has been so fun. That just changed the back half of my 2019. <laughs> I just am going to go back through all of them. Hey, friends, just interrupting this conversation with Robin and telling you about our friends over at Samaritan Ministries. The expensive premiums and red tape of health care can be daunting, to say the least. I'm thrilled to tell you, you don't have to be alone as you deal with your health care expenses. In fact, you don't even have to deal with health insurance. I'm a member of Samaritan Ministries and do health care sharing instead. Members from around the nation come together and help each other pay for their medical bills instead of relying on health insurance. Does it work? Yes. And it's been working for the past 25 years. Here's how we do it. Every month, I send my money directly to another member who has medical bills to pay. I'm able to pray for them specifically and even send them a personal note. And then if I ever have medical bills, my Samaritan family will do the same for me. We recently, as you know, wrapped up our Ennea summer on the podcast. As we celebrated the nine different types of people on the Enneagram, it was incredible to hear the hearts of my friends and just to rejoice in how all of our strengths and weaknesses can come together in this brilliant balancing act that unites us and brings glory to God. Samaritan Ministries is one opportunity to see that balance in action as we manage the cost of healthcare together. Seriously, healthcare sharing with Samaritan Ministries works to help you get those bills paid and to connect you to Christian community when you need it most. Not to mention, it's affordable. Membership costs range from $100 to $495 a month, depending on your age, your household size, and the membership option you choose. Learn more and sign up at SamaritanMinistries.org slash that sounds fun. Again, that's SamaritanMinistries.org slash that sounds fun. Now back to Robin. Did you get to pick out the people who, re- did you read them or did you have yes. actors read them? You read no. them. <gasps> no, 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 I didn't read them. We had oh, okay. an actor who was, she was Christy. She looks like Christy. Yeah. She just captured it. And we were able to record it here at a studio. 
uh, on Maui where I live so that we would go in and have these whole sessions where the engineer in the studio, we get to the end of a chapter, he turns and looks at me, he's got tears in his eyes and he's going, what's going to happen next? Uh-huh, <laughs> like, uh-huh. you, you don't usually record teenage books, do you? Right, <laughs> he right. Was so into the characters and so into the story. It was, it was really extraordinary experience to it. do that. When you think about, I mean, I hope you write books for another decades and decades and decades, but when you think back on the 30 plus years of writing you've already done, what do you hope people remember all your, like Christy Miller for, what do you hope is the kind of a legacy, one of the legacies that's left by this kind of story that's lasted for decades. I want the readers to draw closer to the heart of God. Every mm. book I write out a prayer. I sit down, my binders, you know, I write out a prayer. It's like a prayer dedication, but it's also for the readers. And I ask, A different one for every book? Yeah, because oh, it's wow. so organic in that moment. Lord, what do you want me to say in this book? Because you, your daughters around the world need to hear something. And you've given me this privilege of being able to tell them a story. What do you want them to hear? I, I just want to be available to, to, to let that story flow. And so in that like surrendering and that prayer of dedication, it's so astounding when years later, someone will come back and say, oh, I just read this or that book. And you know, that part where you wrote da, 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 that was exactly what I needed to hear. I don't even remember the, this and that part. I really, is that in the book? I wouldn't. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, it's just such a part of the flow of just tell the story and just let it feel authentic and let the characters be so real that Annie thinks they're her best friend. Right. That's how you do it. <laughs> right. That's all. <laughs> that's, that's all you have to do. That's all the Lord has to do in that story. Um, so for anyone who's going to kick off writing a novel at some point, what advice would you give them to start? Get to a writer's conference, get yes. to a couple classes. There's a lot of basics that are going to be applicable no matter what you're writing, an article, a blog, a and to get those skills and get trained in a few of the basics will really help instead of homeschooling yourself and mm. <laughs> goofing up over and over. Right, but right. then I think the next thing you have to do is just tell fear to go away. Mm. You can't do this when you're feeling a sense of inferiority or insecurity or what if they don't like it. You You just have to pull out what's on your heart and just and just keep going and keep going because there has to be that sense where you feel like what you're doing is bigger than you ah. like you you're going to be gone from this earth and that book will still be there so what is it that's you're being able to participate in this sort of eternal <laughs> experience of yeah. i don't know if eternal but i mean that no, sense I think so. that you have to show up and do the work and own it like this is this is what I believe I'm supposed to write and and you just put your all in all in it and know that it's bigger than just I'm gonna write this and then my mother will see that I was there's some value to my storytelling after all there right. I proved you know no no it's it's that his kingdom will come and his will will be done on earth as it is in heaven not your kingdom and your will so when you start with that and just get some training, tell fear to go away. Yeah. God's 
perfect love is going to cast out that fear. And then you just, you just dig deep and write from your heart. And then readers will respond. How have you not given up yet? How do you keep going for decades? That's one of the things that we talk a lot about here on the show is like, let's get people on who have stayed committed to something and to someone for a long time. How, how have you not given up on writing and on faith? And because life hasn't always been easy. I'm sure you're a human. How, how have you decided to keep going? I've got a verse that has that just came to mind when you said that Jeremiah 20 verse 9 that says, but if I say I will not mention him or speak anymore in his name, his word is in my heart like a fire, a fire mm. shut up in my bones. I am weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. And that verse just became real to me when I started writing, when I was getting all the rejections on the Christy Miller books, because I knew that if nothing else, this fire in my belly, I, I couldn't stop because I had to write the books for the girls in the youth group. And that fire has not gone out. You're right. There's, there's all these really, really, really difficult things about this sort of pathway being a writer, because you're an artist. So every art, you know, art is subjective. It will be criticized. There's just a lot of challenges to having that pathway. But when the fire's in the belly, you, you just got to keep going. Yeah, there's just no choice, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, I love that. And so when you were writing, we were talking earlier, when you were writing Becoming Us, our mutual friend, Alyssa Bethke is part of the inspiration. She is. Okay, will you br grab her and bring her in? I will. Alyssa. <laughs> I might have to go get her. Hold Surprise on. guest. We don't know. I'll open the door and we'll see who all comes in. <laughs> <laughs> I love hearing them in the background. I know it. We, we live really close to each other and yeah. we have such a perfect home studio. And you and Alyssa have a book you've written together for teen girls as well called Spoken For, correct? Yes. And she was over at my house years ago, saw one of those binders that said Spoken For. And I, on this, you know, and it was a book I had a couple chapters on and yeah. hadn't gotten very far. It's like, I don't know what that is. Yeah. And about a year and a half or two years after she saw the binder, then um, it was just the right timing and... Um, it was kind of fun because I called her and I said, I, I think um, there was something that the Lord was telling me last night. And she said, oh, that we're supposed to write a book together. <gasps> How did you know? Oh, she goes, my I gosh. don't know. I just thought that. It's like, <laughs> that is no fair. I wanted to tell you and Jesus told you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're and, like, the Lord beat me to it. <laughs> But that's how that book came about. And it's our identity in Christ that we are spoken for. We're not up for grabs. He's, mm -hmm. he's, we're bought at a price. And so we were able to do that together. And she hadn't even moved to Maui yet when we were yeah. doing that. So. Yeah. Okay, Alyssa, are you here with us now? She is. Hi, friend. I'm so glad to hear your voice. You are one of our people's favorites from Couples Month and from all the times you've been on the show. So I'm so glad you're here. That's so sweet. That's I love sweet. it. I know. She's like a friend of the pot already. Okay, so tell me the story because I don't know this story. So y'all can decide how you tell it of how Alyssa is like such an important part of becoming us, the novel. Well, when she moved here, she invited me to a party at her house, a favorite things party. And 
I know Alyssa. I love Alyssa. I've spent lots of time with Alyssa, but I had that moment where I parked the car, I'm walking to the front door, and I'm about to knock, and I think, I don't know who's going to be here. I don't know. Mm. I I should just go home. I'll text her. She'll understand. And just that sense of how do you start fresh? How do you how do you break into a group? But I walked in and she had done such a beautiful job of making everyone feel welcomed. And I connected with all these women, some I knew, some I'd never met. So when I was working on this first Haven Maker book, Becoming Us, that's the opening scene where the main characters go into the door. But oh, wow. Alyssa chose to do that party because she was being brave, Annie. You know a little bit about being brave. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I had just moved here. It's so funny that you said that. I didn't know that you felt that way. Um, but I had just moved here, and it's so funny because I had lived here before, and I thought moving back, I would just be like right in with all these people and make all these friends, and that's why we kind of moved was for community. And I moved here, and I found myself being in probably the loneliest season I've ever been, and just having a really hard time finding friends. It was a new season with being a young mom and how do you do that in between nap times? And, and I'm just more introverted in general. And so yeah. um, it's just harder for me to step out and pursue people. And, and so I just was, it took a couple of years to find friends. So I put this favorite things party together thinking, okay, let's do this. I can invite people kind of like all the people that I want to be friends with, like my friend crushes, and it's really easy. They just bring their favorite thing. They talk about it. It's like we can learn about each other. Yeah. It's super fun. So anyway, so yeah, that was. It was great. She, I think I've gone to two or three of mm-hmm. your favorite things parties and yeah. and some really great birthday parties where what Alyssa loves to do is like a party with a purpose. So you bring the sacred. Yeah. It's not just a get-together the food's always great, always. But then it's like, okay, now I want to share a verse. Or I, she will call on someone who's in the group. Would you share what you told me one time about this? Because I think everybody would really benefit. So she, that that way of creating community is something that I I don't think Alyssa has it blueprinted out how to do it but she does it naturally but she told me one time well you know if I needed friends I thought maybe other people did too it was just so simple and sweet and it's so true and it just takes so much Alyssa I mean I think this is such reminding us all who are listening such a really important thing of like if you feel lonely you can throw the party yes and for me I don't know it's funny for me like thinking of um, texting a friend to get together. Well, I did that multiple times and then it just wouldn't work out. They were busy that day or whatever. I just took it so personally as rejection and it would take me like two weeks to recover and then ask somebody again. And it felt safer to me in a way to throw a party, you know, okay, this is just instead of like a one-on-one or sometimes it's so funny. I feel like friendships in this like second phase of my life, it feels more like dating and I get really anxious and I'm like, what are we going to talk about? (laughs) And, but I feel like if I can just throw a party, it's, I don't know, the barriers are down and and if someone can bring something that they love or share something, I feel like, I don't know, it just seems, um, I don't know, easier for me and a way to like get to know someone. And then after the party, be like, Hey, I'd love to go hang out sometime or do a mom date or go grab coffee. I don't know. So, but yes, I think if you are lonely, it's so easy to want to just wait around for someone to pursue us. But 
I think we have to be brave to be the ones to pursue someone. And what Alyssa did in inviting all kinds of different people and different seasons of life was really great because usually when you go and join a mops group, it's all the same age group. So when she did her favorite things parties, it was such a great mix so that we all got to talk to people we wouldn't normally be able to connect with. So even like on the cover of Becoming Us is a big, long table set for a lot of people. Did you get to pick that cover, Robin? Or did someone just read it and go like, oh, this is a this is a book that kind of starts at a party and, and this is a theme the whole way through? Uh, the publisher selected the cover and then, believe it or not, I at the end of the book, I wrote a scene already about when the women in the story were getting together, but yeah. I changed the scene and said... And then we all went outside and there were mason jars hung with little candles. And yeah. so I, like, I wrote the story to you describe wrote the cover. It was on yeah. the cover. But oh, I've come it. to really like it because it's saying the table's set and it's ready and you're invited. Mm-hmm. And that's what I wanted. And that's what Alyssa actually wrote as when she read the book without seeing the cover or anything. Yeah. Alyssa's endorsement on the cover says, you'll feel like you're part of this sweet circle of friends, welcomed yeah. and known. Yeah. And that's exactly what I wanted to be able to communicate in the books. So for people who, unlike me, the few people who are not already best friends with Christy Miller, uh, Becoming Us is... You can pick it up even if you don't know Christy already. Yes, the main character who's who's first person, Emily, is telling the story. She's a brand new character. I just met her before I wrote this book. But she walks into that room after being nervous to tap on the door. And she walks into that favorite things party in the first chapter. And when she steps into the room, there's this really sweet young woman named Christy. And another woman, Sierra. So I brought Sierra Jensen back. Oh, <laughs> and I have all these <laughs> And then Jenilyn and Tess. And Tess is not married, but she's so connected with these women. And what I loved about having, it wasn't all a mom's group, but it was, we're all the same age and we're in different seasons of life, but we need each other and we need to understand and speak into each other's lives. Man, that means so much to me as a currently single woman that you included a single woman in a group of mom friends because so many of my very best friends are moms and so many of my very best friends are their kids. You know, like it is one of the joys of my life. Well, and just to be able to have a story that shows that here's the conversation and it doesn't have to be awkward just because you're not having a baby. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that I can't talk about what I'm going through. I don't know. I've, I've seen that happen in the community that we live in, that no matter what the stage or season of life, that we need that depth of friendship by being able to talk about the stuff at the, at the core. And that's, that's the same for women, no matter what what you're going through. Yeah. So for anybody whose daughters are reading Christy Miller, we get to read Becoming Us and be friends with Christy as a grown-up. It is such an extraordinary thing. It doesn't seem like it because I just kind of keep writing the next yeah. book and I keep writing. But to be at this point in writing and have written almost 50 books about these characters and feeling like they really are real, I'm going to yeah. meet them someday and go, oh, I know you. But... Yeah. I mean, I just have to wonder if God has something up his sleeves like that. I'm not, I know Chrissy was in your mind and I know she's not real, but I also wonder if she's in heaven. I don't know, Robin. I don't know. Annie, 
Randy Elkhorn told me that. His daughters grew up reading Christy Miller. Uh-huh. And he said, he said, yeah, I'm pretty sure when we get to heaven, Christy and Todd are going to be the first two to meet <laughs> there because that's crazy, but who knows? How who fun. knows? Who knows? Alyssa, did you read a Christy Miller series when you were younger? Oh, yes. That's actually how um, I started walking with the Lord. Yeah, so really? Those, yes, when I was 15. So those books are like so near and dear to my heart. And I think that's why Robin and I's friendship, relationship, mentorship is so sweet because I feel like she kind of led me to the Lord and then kind of discipled me throughout high school and college and then to be able to mentor with her and do life with her now. It's mm. been sweet. And I love that she keeps coming out with books because I feel like I've grown up with Christy, you know? And I'm sure you feel the same way. So I'm like, oh, now I get to see Christy in her 30s. Oh, totally. This is what I'm walking <laughs> through. This. I totally yes. relate. And, or these are her friends. And so I just, I love it. My husband and I were thinking of moving to Maui 10 years ago, nine years ago. We walked into the church office where Alyssa was interned. She looked at me and said, are you Robin Jones Gunn? I was oh. like, yes, how would you know that? She started <laughs> crying. I started crying. The pastor came out, other people, what's going on? What's going on? And it was just like we already knew each other. We already yeah. were friends. And then we moved here, and then it was like, well... I, I, we already have that connection. So that must happen with just about every 30 ish year old woman that meets you. Cause I'm pretty a hundred percent sure I cried when I met you at Mount Herman too, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just loved it when you came here and Alyssa and I got yes. to go out to coffee with you. That was, yes. that was a fun time. I'm back next summer, by the way. <gasps> okay. And coffee I turned, date. yeah. And I turned 40. Okay. So I'm coming to speak at Bloom and then I'm going to come to Maui and stick around for a little bit and celebrate my you birthday. Are? All yes. Right. Day, I know. Isn't so that fun? Great. I can't wait. That's so fun. I think it'll be really fun. Right, we're I'm, doing something. For sure. I'm I'm so great. I love getting to come to the Bloom Conference out there because I think it's such a special thing that Tiffany started, but it also gets me closer to y'all for a couple of days. So I'm thrilled. No. Perfect. I think it'll be really have fun. To do, um, have you read the book, Annie? No, I'm saving it. I go on vacation next week and it's my vacation read. I've been telling myself I wasn't allowed to read it until I was away from work. I love it. Okay, well, one of the things in there that Robin has, not to, like, spoiler alert, but... No, 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 I'm ready. She does a Grace Kelly day. The girls do a Grace Kelly day, which <gasps> I love because Robin's done this with her friends. Yeah. So they go in their convertible, and they, like, you know, dress like Grace Kelly with the scarf around their head. Yeah. And they go for a drive. So that is on my bucket list. We'll do it. Yes. We'll do it. We'll take you. Oh, I've got a convertible. I will bring the we'll scarf. Yes. Yes. That is the all long, I want. Yeah. The flooding scarf. You got to have the great big sunglasses and some really like smacker lipstick because we're movie yes. stars. If we're going to yes. just drive that the windy a... roads yep. and feel like we don't have a care in the world. That's it. That's, That's how I want to start my next decade. Let's just, <laughs> me we'll and my fa- two of my favorite authors and dear friends are just riding around Maui with scarves tied around it. our heads. Let's we're doing okay. it. Okay. <laughs> I am so I in. I'm so already. in. I love it. I love oh, it. I oh love yeah. It. I'm ready. It's happening. I'm adding it to the calendar <laughs> for the week after Bloom. Okay. Um, okay, Robin. Well, is there anything else we didn't? Alyssa, I want you to stick around with us. Is there anything else we didn't talk about that you want to make sure we talk about today? Well, I want to make sure that we um, that your listeners know if they want to be brave and have a, a favorite things party, we've put together a download on Christy Miller shop. I think it's just christymillershop.com. Yep. And when you go in and grab this download, it will have all these 
darling little the name tags and the party <gasps> um, icebreaker questions to ask. And here's an invitation. You just fill it out and hand it to your friends. And so there just have been so many requests. And it'll yes. be up at Christy Miller's shop as a download. You print it out and cut it out. We ran it with a test group last weekend, and they just sent me a picture. And it was so cute. They had all their their books and their like little verses they'd written out to encourage each other here take a verse home with you yeah so, yeah the the um yeah it's a little haven maker party planner or something i don't know but christy miller shop i mean what a great gift i mean it's just like what you're saying Alyssa. like if we're the ones who feel lonely if we're the ones who want to be around some people we can throw the party and you've set it up for us how, how all the ways we can invite people yeah Brilliant. Because we all need a little help. That's right. Okay. So when does, so for those of us who start a series and then are like chomping at the bit for the next one to come out, when does the second, I mean, you finished it yesterday, which is a little bit of pressure, but when does the second Haven Maker series book release? Next summer, but I don't have a date yet. Okay. So we're going to get, so, so everybody's got the rest of this summer to finish this one. And then next summer we'll get the next one. Yep. Okay. Andy, are you like this where you like find your favorite author, and maybe you too, Robin? I don't, I don't know if you read a lot of fiction, um, but do you find your favorite author and read everything they write, and then all of a sudden it's over, and it was like it took you a week, and you're like, now I have nothing. It takes a whole year for another book <laughs> to come out. Yes. I feel like it's the worst. It's the worst, <laughs> Alyssa. It is the worst. Yes, I've done it with Charles Martin. I've done it with. I'm not sure I'm going to say her name right, but I think it's Adriana Trigliani, maybe. Uh, there's a couple of different fiction authors like that. And Robin, I mean, really, when I get to the end of Christy Miller series as a teenager, you probably did this too. Elizabeth. When, when I got, I mean, I'd go to the Christian bookstore and the day it came out, I was buying it. I was finished. And then I was sad that I, cause I didn't know how long it would be until the next one was coming. Oh, well, that's true. Cause they're probably published like, cause I'm a few years younger than you. So right. I think they were right. all out. Okay, well, I remember I had to get them all from the library, and I think I read the 11th one, and I thought it was the last one. Like, I thought that's how it ended, and I uh, bawled for yes. an hour. <laughs> yeah. Finally, I looked on the back of the book, and it said there was a 12th one. <laughs> 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 but yes. yes. She had the 11th one where he goes, he, like, leaves for the mission field. Yes. Anyway, I was devastated. When I was in college, I was applying to do YWAM and other ministries because I was like, well, that's what Christy did. Like Christy right. went to, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. She, I'm telling you. That's why I'm in Hawaii. Really? Because they went to Maui. Yes. And they went on a Jeep ride. Yes, they so did. When I landed here. Yep. When I landed here, the youth <laughs> pastor I was working for, he and his wife picked me up and they picked me up in a Jeep. And we drove through the cane fields of Maui, and I just started crying. I, was like, this is I never do that. Cool. Yes, and I had a lay around my neck. Oh, was, oh. yes. <laughs> this is why I'm here. Listen, this just became a Christy Miller appreciation podcast. Right. Every week, we're canceling oh, wow. the rest of the shows, and we're just going to go from episode from book one to book sixteen or whatever, or fifty. <laughs> right. We're going to go through all of them. Oh, that's so fun. Robin, look at what you're doing. I know. I was just going to say I'm so glad the audio are done now because we really need them for those who don't read but will listen to an audio book. They're set and ready to go. And we have been working on a movie for a long time to get (gasps) that Christy Miller story on the screen, TV, movie, up and down. 
oh, we could do 16 podcasts about oh, that whole journey. But yeah, just keep praying. And I don't know. I don't know. Listen, but I will wow, pay when that door opens. <laughs> any any number just about that you say, here's what it would cost to be an extra in a Christy Miller movie. Ah! I'll pay that number. Whatever okay, that like number that. is. I okay. will. I, that will pretty much be the epitome of my life if I get to be the extra <laughs> in the Christy Miller movie. We'll give you a walk-on part like I had. Here's your cup oh, of cider. Yeah, listen, walk I'll pay the upgrade. The I'll pay for the upgrade. Yeah. Um, well, the, okay. So the last question we always ask on the show, the show is called That Sounds Fun. So tell me what you do for fun. Well, I was going to say what Alyssa said. I love to get out in the convertible with friends yeah. and laugh and just like go for a drive. It's Maui. It's beautiful. We look like tourists. I don't care. <laughs> My car's falling apart. I've had it forever. But it's just that sense of being young at heart. And that's fun. That's fun. So I we're going to do that, Annie. When you come here, we're going to laugh until we cry. I'm quite oh, certain. Oh, I'm ready. Um, thank you so much for doing this, Robin. And Alyssa, thank you for joining us. Oh, yes. Oh, friends, don't you love it? And a visit from our buddy, Alyssa Bethke. You guys, I know you love her and Jeff, just like I do. If you haven't heard her episode with Jeff that came out in Couples Month in February, if you're new around here, did you know we do Couples Month in February where we have dating married couples uh, and co-working couples, all sorts of pairs come on and talk to us. So make sure you go back and listen to Jefferson and Alyssa Bethke's episode. And if you need a good summer read, I know I told you guys a couple weeks ago about the printed letter bookshop that I read and I loved it. I loved it so much. It was such a great book. I love the everything by Charles Martin. And I am so excited to read Becoming Us on vacation next week. So make sure you grab a copy of Becoming Us from Robin Jones Gunn, the first in the Haven Maker series. And especially for those of you gals out there that are listening that are thinking about friendship and wanting to deepen your friendships, this would be a really great one for you. And if you're a dude out there, what a great gift to give to a lady in your life. Again, it's called Becoming Us by Robin Jones Gunn. And make sure you follow her all over the internet, all the places. You get to see some behind the scenes of Maui, uh, where she lives, while she's writing, as well as when she is where they are filming the Christmas movies, all the Father Christmas things. So make sure you DVR those. My guess is, is that Christmas in July is coming on or is on Hallmark. And I bet we'll get to see some Father Christmas movies. So make sure you check those out. And if there's anything else I can do for you, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs, F as in fiction. <gasps> that was a good one. F as in fiction because today's author is one of my very favorite fiction authors ever. And if you, listen, if you haven't met Christy Miller, you need to go back and read some Christy Miller books. She is really great to be friends with. Annie F. Downs, I got distracted. Annie F. Downs all across the internet, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you would look for me. That's how you can find me. And I think that's it for me today. So you guys go out and do something that sounds fun to you. And we will see you back here on Monday. Have a great weekend and read a novel this weekend. Okay, whatever one you want to read, let me know. Tell me on the internet, read a novel this weekend, and we'll see you back here on Monday. <laughs>